Welcome back to LFG, Life Hacks on How to Maximize Every Dollar with Jordan Mantell and Ivan May. Happy to be back. Um, we got episode four going on today. We got a we got something special for you guys, special guest, uh, a family member of mine. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, Jordan, how's it going, dude? How's how's Oregon? I saw you out here traveling, doing your thing with the friends, with the homies. How was it, dude? It was so fun, man. So cool to just uh, visit Nick and catch up with Hansel. And we all went out there and experienced some new things. Oregon's so green, dude. It's just everything's so clean and the air's crisp. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? You guys caught you guys caught a dry weekend up there, huh? No rain. No, we got we got super lucky, but I'll, I'll tell you what, P Town's fun and all, but <laughs> there ain't nothing like San Diego. That's <laughs> <laughs> just because you haven't been out to Austin yet, dude. You haven't been out to Austin. Seriously, seriously, I'm coming. I'm coming in December. Uh, okay, there it is, dude. Shoot, we'll take you out. We'll have a good old time. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. Shoot, it's gonna be fun. Cool. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so I mean kind of wanted to touch base so next week we'll be actually talking a little bit about um paying down debt student loans bad debt how to knock that out so it's kind of like a continuation of you know paying yourself first but you want to get rid of some of the bad stuff and some of the dead weight holding you back before we can you know propel forward so that'll be good to get into next week but today what we're really talking about is how it's a long-term play and how we got to chip away and you just got to invest and pay yourself first and do all the good things with some good advice and some good direction. So just a little disclaimer, Jordan and I, we are not financial advisors. Um, We're just personal finance enthusiasts. We like to talk about these things all the time because we're driven young people and we know it's a long game and we're trying to prepare for the long term and living that rich life and what we want to do in the long in the long run so uh without further ado we do have a financial planner and investment manager here with us today we got jet carter in the house what's up what's boys? happening jet? what's up jet what's going on guys thanks for having me of course been, uh, so excited to have you on man i've been listening to the last few episodes and i'm uh, just excited to be here you guys are doing good things thanks you know, we're happy to we're pumped to have you here today. This is going to be mic drop, good stuff, <laughs> dropping knowledge. It's oh, going to be it's going to be dope. We're we're really looking forward to it because um, we got a lot of listeners that are sitting back, ready to hear what you got to say, and you know some of that good advice you're going to give us. So, so I mean, we can get we can get right sure. into it. Um, kind of just start asking you know some questions, certain things that you know we hear from people, from older individuals, younger individuals. Um, <laughs> some of our own thoughts um so i mean jordan i mean if you want to you can take it away ask the first one if you want to yeah for sure so i I think one thing that maybe we should ask jet too and what you and i talk about weekly ivan is our purpose right like why we do the things that we do so for you jet just before we kind of hop into uh, the nitty-gritty about finances and, and what you know our audience and everyone should be doing with their money why is personal finance important to you dude why why do you do what you do um how did you kind of get into this industry well, I've I've always just been interested in in making money, I guess, uh, you know, to be to be straightforward. But um, you know, it's just we're not hunters and gatherers. We're not bartering, really, or I guess we are, but but with money. Um, but money is kind of equals freedom. Um, so you have to work to make money, and the goal is is that you know we can 
eventually stop working, right? And 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 just kind of enjoy our money, or at least um, you know, do the the best we can. Like you guys say, maximize every dollar. That's always been interesting to me. So, um, yes, sir. Awesome, awesome, love it. And, and guys, just so you know. Um, if you guys have been paying attention to episode one, two, and three, it's all accumulation of concepts, right? So once again, we went through our budget. Uh, we understand that we need to pay ourselves first. Last week, we started to talk about some accounts to pay yourself first in. And now we have a, a financial expert in here that's going to tell you exactly how to pay yourself and what you should put your money into. Um, so last week, we kind of went over you know, the 401ks, the Roths, the different type of brokerages to optimize your money. Uh, Jet, Jet is the financial expert. So Jet, can you just remind our audience kind of about the different types of retirement accounts there are uh, and maybe why it's so important to maximize your Roth on an annual basis? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the easy way to kind of break them down is to put them in groups. Um, So you have your retirement plans that are done with your employer. Um, You have your 401ks, your 403bs, um, a 401k is what most of us are um, probably familiar with. That's uh, your retirement plan at your company uh, if you're in a private business. Um, if you work for a government, you may have a 403b. Um, they're, they're generally the same thing. At the end of the day, if you quit working there, if you're terminated, you can roll those both into an individual retirement account. Um, so there's different individual retirement account types. Um, Two main ones that people think of are traditional Roth, or traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. Uh, traditional IRAs have been around for a long time. Uh, you can put so much in it every year, and that money grows tax deferred. What that means is, is, is let's say you're on salary, you get paid a certain amount. Uh, at the end of the year, you do your taxes, whether that's TurboTax or the CPA, and you you're asked a question of how much money you put towards your IRA. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever money you put towards your IRA is discounted that's subtracted from your income when you're talking about your overall tax burden so you're not paying taxes on it in the current year and then it grows tax deferred but when you pull it out when you receive that money after age 59 and a half when you receive that money it comes out as ordinary income sure um so it was able to grow this whole time without paying taxes and those taxes uh, would, would nick you let's say if you're putting that in a personal investment account every time you make money you're paying uh, capital gains tax. Right. So that's a traditional IRA. And then there's a newer one that's been around for a, a little while now called a Roth IRA. And a Roth IRA is a really cool uh, individual retirement account because that money actually grows tax free, not tax deferred, which means when you pull the money out at the end, you don't pay taxes on it. Now, the difference is, is when you make that money in a certain year, you pay taxes on it that year. So it, does, it doesn't get discounted from your tax burden, but then when you go to uh, invest that money, as long as it stays in there for at least five years, and there's a couple other rules there, um, you, when you pull the money out, it's, it's tax-free. On the Roth IRAs, they have distribution uh, limits. You can only put in about 6000 a year for most people, and if you're over age 50, you can put in a catch-up amount, another $1,000. They're both great vehicles um, to use, or both account types to use, um, and I would use those along with your 401k. Um, now, going back to the plans, uh, 401ks a lot of times will have matching by your employer. Right. What that means, and I know you guys hit on that on another episode, but that um, that matching is free money. 
So mm-hmm. let's say my employer, let's say Ivan, I work for Ivan, and um, I put in 5% of my salary, and Ivan matches that. He may put in another 5% if he matches the full 100%, or he may put in 2.5%. Either way, it's free money. Yeah. You don't get that in your individual IRA, um, and the 401k has a higher contribution limits. I think it's 19,500 this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. So just, just to, just to be, just to clarify for our audience really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't get confused between a 401k and a traditional IRA. Would you just confirm that the concepts are exactly the same, but the contribution limit is just significantly different between the two? Yeah, the concept's the same. I would say the only difference is you don't get matching in an individual account, but right. other than that, they're the same. Um, so yeah, the, the main thing is just putting that money away and saving one way. Or the perfect, other. perfect, cool, love it. Love it. So love it. actually, you know, I got I got a point here. So when it comes to deciding our contribution percentage in those accounts, how should we go about that? Like, what's the best way to do that, Jeff? Well, I would say general rule of thumb is find out what you're able to do. Everybody's different. Um, if you don't, if you're not a W two employee, you're not getting a four hundred one k. So your IRAs probably your only bet. And there's other types, uh, and we could talk about that another time, like SEP IRAs and single Ks. But the main thing is um, do what's available for you. If a four hundred one k is available, a lot of times, and especially with major companies, you'll get that match. And so it's a no brainer to put money there, and you can put more there. Um, Right. Yeah. yeah. One thing with the 401k that's pretty cool too is that a lot of companies now will offer a Roth 401k. God, that account is so fire. I know, man. It is. It's, the, it's like the best account in the game. It's 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 like it's like it's like, it, it's like, a, it's it's like code, dude. <laughs> it's the best. So a Roth IRA for those that aren't familiar with it. I'm sorry. A Roth 401k is a 401k where the employee's portion goes in as a Roth. So it goes in after tax and then grows tax-free, like we said, until you pull it out. But the employer's match goes in as a traditional contribution. Yeah. So that's um, a pre-tax contribution, which means you don't pay taxes on that money in the given year you, you made it. And then also it grows tax deferred, but then you, you, when you pull the money out, it's, uh, it's, it is income tax. Um, but there, it's, a great, it's a great account to have. Got to utilize it. Got to maximize that sucker. So Absolutely. really, so what? what's also, so like, what's the most important reason to maximize or to max out your Roth? Like what, like, why do you really want to gear towards maximizing out your Roth on an annual basis year after year? Like what's like the real importance behind that? Well, I think it's, I think it's kind of twofold. So I'll say number one is compound interest. And that goes for not just the Roth, but for those other accounts we talked about. Compound interest is huge. And just to paint a picture of what that is, is let's say you put in that maximum amount in your Roth at $6,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And you let it grow from age 30 to age 60. That's 30 years. Yeah. 30 times that 6000 is $180,000. That's just putting money in an account and letting it, and letting it sit there, basically, and, and grow with those additional investments uh, of $6,000. Now, compound interest is... Let's take that $6,000 every year for 30 years. Let's give it an interest rate. And let's assume you make 6% compounding annually. At 6%, that money goes from 180 after 30 years to $474,000. That's almost $300,000 difference. Um, and it's not taxed. Straight to the bank. Nuts. Nuts. That's your Roth IRA. Tax-free money you pull out. 
So it makes no sense not to do that. And every dollar that you uh, basically miss on that $6,000 maximum is something you can't put back in in the next year until you're 50 and yeah. you get to do catch-up contributions. Um, but that's not guaranteed to be around forever. It's crazy. It's kind of like what we were talking about last week, Ivan, where it's like, if you're just saving your money in cash, like you're, you're literally costing yourself. Like yeah. you're, 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 lo- you're losing, you're working really hard for your money. You're saving in cash and then you're losing money. That's, that's actually the reality of the situation. Well, that's um, right. I mean, on, on top of that, you just think about inflation, you put it in the bank and it's, it's literally not working for you. Um, it's, it's making less than what it's worth. Yeah. Well, I mean, really yeah. it's, yeah. You can just think of it like this, right? Something's got to be working all the time. Like if the three of us didn't work, we wouldn't have an income, right? We wouldn't be generating any revenue for ourselves. We wouldn't have any money to do anything. It's the same thing for your money. Your money's got to be working just as hard as you. So it's like if you got your money sitting away in the savings account, that's like your money sitting on the couch. It's not doing much. So you got to make that money work. Just lounging on the couch. Exactly. Make that an absolute bum. One more thing, guys, I want to just mention about that Roth Part B is there is an income limit, and we all hope to make more money every year, right? I mean, it's not guaranteed, but I hope to make more next year than I made this year. And at some point, you may not be able to contribute to Roth. Right. So while it's around, I would do that. And um, you didn't ask this, guys, but one of the things between a Roth and a traditional, you know, people wonder, well, which one should I do? Which one's better? And... It's hard to answer that question because you don't know what the future holds and how much money you're going to make when you when you when you're older. But if you're if, if you're taxed at a higher income bracket when you're when you're older, then you probably don't want to be paying taxes then. You probably want to pay them now. So if you pay that income tax today and put that money in a Roth, it grows tax free and never pay taxes again. On the other side of that coin, and that when I get older, I won't make as much money, so I can. Why be taxed now? Let's let's put it in a traditional IRA and we'll pay taxes when it comes out. And that may be the case, but I think studies have shown that it's hard to tell and a lot of people are making more money when they're older. Um, the main thing is, is is put money in, in one of those accounts. But if you have access to a Roth, I'd advise every young person to put money in a Roth that you can't anymore and then do a traditional. And if you have access to that 401k, do the Roth 401k if possible. And you'll have a little bit of that traditional uh, element through the employer. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Jet, I know, I know me and Ivan and um, a few other personal finance enthusiasts that we collaborate with often. We're such big fans of these online investment calculators, right? Like mm-hmm. they're so useful. Yeah. Um, can you kind of just like give us a little bit of insight maybe into how you use these with your clients and then also how our audience can use that to really kind of project what, you know, their savings will be and really just like paint a visual picture if for like, okay, I put in this amount of money this month and I do that for 15 years, this is what my portfolio is going to be in 25. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking about what that $6,000 a year mm-hmm. for 30 years looks like. I think one of the great tools you can find online is, is just Google a, a compound interest calculator and play around with it and see what it, what it will do for you. Um, and there's budgeting tools out there that are free. If you don't like spreadsheets or, or math, you know, put, grab a, grab a, um, a free spreadsheet offline and put your, your numbers in there and budget. And the main thing with budgeting is to be very conservative, uh, with your income and be, and overdo your spending on there. So that way you end up happy. You don't want to have to live, you know, up to this tight, this tight budget that you'll never, that you'll never be able to live up to. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Exactly. 
So as, as far as with my clients, it's hard because we are limited with what I do and, and what we can use that's, you know, available online. Mm-hmm. It's just from a compliance realm. But there's all types of things out there. And I would say the main thing is, is to be curious, get online, look around. Mm-hmm. Um, a compound interest calculator is huge. The budget is huge. Beyond that is as soon as you get curious and, and look around, you open up Pandora's box and find more. And it can't hurt uh, to just keep learning. Man, those those calculators are just powerful. <laughs> They're great, Jordan. Jordan, you're all about it, dude. I, I love, love those it. calculators. So, man. I mean, I use I, I do use some. So I do um, you know, present value calculations and things like that for for clients. Just when I'm kind of doing my work on the back end, and I use some online to check my work. Um, you know, I can't turn around and show that 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 calculator to a client. But there's great tools. Um, net present value is one. If you're thinking about buying versus financing, think about how much. Uh, and this is maybe too much for today's talk, but, <laughs> but buying versus financing, look at interest rates and see what you can make on an investment. And yeah. if you're going to, if, if interest rates less, you know, find it, maybe financing is a better idea than putting all that cash down. Maybe you can make more with the cash yeah. and you know, keep the difference. But Jet, um, there's all types of calculators out there. Jet, Jet's out here laying the foundation for next week's episode, Ivan. Let's go. He really is. He really is. It's good stuff. I love, I, love I love it. I love it. I love it. Awesome. It's, it can't, it can't get any better than that. Um, I mean, kind of moving away a little bit from um, retirement, um, I think one of the things that is a big factor in investing and what a lot of people go through is, well, what do I buy, right? Like if it's outside of, like maybe it's within my retirement accounts, but maybe it might be in a brokerage account I use, but like, why should I why should I buy a stock? Why should I not buy a stock? Why should I buy, you know, maybe an exchange traded fund? Why should I buy an index fund? Like, can you maybe like elaborate on that a little bit of like kind of how you would approach that talking to somebody? I, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. You just, you buy, keep buying. You just buy. Buffett says. You, just you keep buy. buying. Yeah. Um, as far as what to buy, um, it's hard for me to tell you exactly what to buy. Stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, they're all going to accomplish the same thing. Um, you should focus on your goals and then being, excuse me, diversified. Um, so whatever you buy, make sure it's a diversified portfolio. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, that just means make it a broad based, um, basket of, of, of investments. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. <clears throat> don't buy a bunch of just all Amazon or all, um, Apple or all Tesla, um, you know, put your money in different baskets yeah. and there's, there's, there's different ways to do that. Now, if you don't know how to do that through individual stocks, um, you can buy a mutual fund or an ETF and all those are, are fancy words for basket of stocks that are managed by an investment manager. So they come with fees, um, but ETFs generally have lower fees than mutual funds. Mutual funds are generally more active. So meaning those, um, that basket of, of stocks that you may have in that fund may, may turn over and change more often, mm-hmm. or, or at least they may make more trades in that account or uh, that fund. But the main thing is, is just to invest. If you're not sure what to invest in, um, Buffett will tell you, go with the <laughs> S&P, go with a broad, very broad based index fund. Um, and ETF index funds are very cheap, low annual fees. Um, some people may say stocks are hard to pick too. Um, you know, you, you pick a couple stocks, you may pick 10 winners and you get one loser, you kind of screwed your portfolio, but mm-hmm. I don't want to scare anybody away from picking anything. Um, I just think being diversified and buying. Yeah. So back to just, yes, buy. 
buy something. So, so Jay, I feel like you hit so many. Let's kind of unpack what you said a little bit there, right? So, yeah, yeah. I feel like our view, Ivan, on investing is why make the complicated, excuse me, why make the simple complicated, right? So, Jack, can, yeah. can you just go back again and then tell everyone what you kind of recommend or if you're not sure what to buy? You mentioned a broad-based index fund. Can you explain exactly what that is? Um, the S&P 500 or a total stock market index fund and why, you know, for somebody that's new to investing or wants things to be very simplified, why that might be the best option. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I got to be careful with recommendations, you know, <laughs> compliance, but yeah. let me just say the S&P 500 is the, the 500 largest stocks in the U.S., the 500 largest companies. Um those 500 companies will change over time. So if you buy an index fund, you're basically going to hold value, hold some ownership in the largest 500 U.S. companies. Um, that means you're going to hold uh, ownership in all different uh, sectors. So you're not just going to be buying a bunch of technology or a bunch of healthcare or uh, a bunch of utilities. You're going to be buying what's really moving out there, what people are really investing in. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, the S&P 500 and an index fund just matches any index. So an S&P, just like the Dow Jones or the Barclays, is an index. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the index monitors a certain group of stocks. Well, an index fund is a fund that basically mirrors that. So if you buy an index fund, you, you don't have to do the work uh, as far as finding out what to buy, what to invest. And someone else has done that work for you. You're just putting your money to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, mutual funds, very similar. Mutual funds have been around for a while. Um, and they, um, they will track different indexes. They'll also track certain sectors, maybe very specialized mutual funds. You can find mutual funds that are investing in, um, they have sustainable products, which are like mutual funds that are investing in good things like no tobacco or maybe no firearm, something like that. Um, you can get one that invests in all technologies. So there's some big ones out there right now that are kind of invested in apples and Amazons, things like that. Um, but the, the main thing, I think, is being diversified. So if you do get some specialized funds, make sure you have some broad-based funds, too. Um, and if you go stocks, just know what you're doing there. Gotcha. Like, actually, you know, I kind of want to ask one one little, like, tidbit of a question here. So, like, when you're doing some of your research mm-hmm. on, like, when you're investing your clients, you know, their their capital for them, what, how are you finding some of these indexes or, or how do you research these ETFs and these indexes? Well, um, I think nowadays it's, it's, it's much easier than it was in the past for the average person to find out what's hot out there mm-hmm. um, or just what the index is. Um, the way to do that is to go to Yahoo Finance. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to just type in S&P uh, index fund in Google even or in Yahoo Finance. And when you click on that fund, you can go to the top holdings and see what's in there. Um, yeah. I use a tool called Morningstar, and they have a free version that's available, but I use one that's made for advisors. And so it tells me um, what's out there, what are the top funds, mm-hmm. um, what the what different indexes are, and then it compares it to those. There's all types of different scenarios and proposals I can run. But I think if you want to look at Morningstar, Yahoo Finance, Google is great. You can just Google what your question is, and it'll, it'll come up with some things. Um, but if you're curious, um, you know, play around with Yahoo Finance for a while. You can type in a, a symbol of a fund and even put in a, another symbol or three to four symbols and kind of compare those together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the main thing is just be curious and start looking. When you start to search those articles, you guys know how our phones and Google works. It's going to start bringing up more and more. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, you'll just be kind of engulfed in it and you'll know what's going on. Yeah. So yeah it's so very addicting. Super addicting. <laughs> yes. Man, it's, you, get, you start going down the rabbit hole. You're like, oh my God, like oh, this is so much information, but it's all good. That's amazing. Right? That's amazing. And then you start seeing what compounding interest will do, and then you really start having some fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, shoot. Speaking of compound interest, um, like really our goal here is to figure out how to put our money to work long term, right? Like there's a lot of money, right? Especially right now, like a lot of people are making money in the short term. They're flipping stocks. Obviously, you know, we had a correction and there's things are on sale. We'll just say that. Um, but like yeah. long-term wise, like what does long-term investing mean for you? What does it mean like for your clients and their situations? And then why is just the concept of long-term investing really the foundation of building a successful portfolio? Well, uh, long-term investing for one, um, I think just time will show it with compounding interest. Like we talked about that you put some money away and you let that money make money and you have a much better chance of success. Um, on top of that, it's really hard to tell you what's going to happen in the short term. In fact, if you know if anybody can tell me what's going to happen between now and the election with the market, please tell me, and I'll make sure we put our you know uh, all my eggs in that basket. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but um, Let nobody me know knows. Let me I watch CNBC all day during the week, and I watch these different pundits, and all the experts will really tell you right now that they don't know what's going to happen. They couldn't tell you. A true expert will tell you they don't know what's going to happen in the next six months, next couple of years. But they'll also tell you pretty confidently that they, they're pretty sure, although they couldn't guarantee you, they're pretty sure in a few years the market will be higher than where it is today. Yeah. So I don't know what it'll do in six months. I don't know what it'll do in a year. But I, I bet in a few years, if I put my money in the market, I'll have more money in a few years in three to five than I'll have today. And that's just history shows. I mean, there's there's just in, in the long term, the market doesn't go down. Um, so you put your money in there consistently and, and you're going to be happy. Um, on the short term, you can make a pretty penny. But if um, something happens in the sector that you're invested in or in the, with the company that you're invested in, um, you may see some volatility and some downturns and it may not be pretty. Um, Warren Buffett, I think, is somebody that we've all heard of or a lot of us have. And he's made a lot of money pretty famously on the market. And he'll tell you just putting money away and buying just, and I said, yes, earlier, that's his thing is he just says, there's always a good time to buy. Keep putting money away, save for the long term, and you're going to be happy. Yeah. I think, I think I've heard of his name. Yeah. He's all right, man. He's done. He's done good. (laughs) Yeah. He's, 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 yeah, I guess he's, he's, (laughs) I guess he kind of knows what he's doing. So as like, even as like a personal (laughs) investor, right? If we're, let's say we're investing in an index fund. Uh, and then when we enter the market, it's a, you know, it's a certain price. And then, um, you know, three or four months later, the index fund drops in price significantly. But it's like, oh, well, my money mm-hmm. dropped. Um, should I pull my money out or should I just keep contributing? And I feel like that's a concept that gets a little bit intertwined at times. Um, maybe because people just don't yeah, understand yeah. it to the full extent. But in terms of what you were talking about in compound interest and just, uh, saving consistently what is like the term that you use for that and why is it so important well if you put some money in an investment and in the market especially in an index fund and it goes down you got to think about what the goal was for that money and how long it was supposed to sit there for one and if you wanted to make money off but it wasn't a short-term deal then I would say, you know, leave it alone. The idea here is just to keep putting money away and hopefully and probably in the long term, things will turn around. 
Um, you know, it's it, that's with index funds. Now, if you're looking at individual stocks and, and mm-hmm. things like that, it's hard for me to tell you what to do after a short amount of time. Everybody's situation is, is very different. Um, but I think the main thing there to think about is not to get worried, get discouraged. They keep putting money away. And really, if you can, which is this is easier said than done, if you're somebody who's just starting out uh, as an investor and, and you just want to put some money away, I would think about trying to put that money away and kind of set it and forget it. What was that old like crockpot yeah. infomercial? Yeah. Just set it and forget it because when yeah, the market goes down and you want to sell, most of us should be buying. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do that. And when the market goes up, most of us should be selling. And most of us want to wait and, 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 and try to hope it goes up even more. So the best thing to do is to never touch it. And when the market goes up or down, just keep contributing on a consistent basis, whether that's monthly, quarterly, or annually. Just continue to put money in in your investments and make sure you're investing in some some diversified yeah. things so you don't have to worry about a company folding or something like that. Absolutely. You'll be okay. I think, I think too, like okay. a little bit more from a side like a psychology approach, Ivan, and what we've talked about is like when you're investing in the market, you we've developed and you really have to have just like a cold blooded mindset, right? Like to the point to where it's like, okay, like COVID happened, there's a million things that make the market go down or up, but it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, you know, yeah, yeah, it just just doesn't matter. Just keep consistency and composure. I mean, I, I think this year like is probably the, best time to really see like, oh, the market is kind of something that's just, it's a powerful machine where your money's going to grow. Like you can see how much of, you know, a revitalization there was from, you know, just in an eight month span of how, you know, a lot of people thought we were like going down the drain and then you just see such a, you know, uh, resurgence happened, which was something insane to see, but it just shows you what happens long term as well. So I think that's great. You know, for somebody that's just starting out or wondering exactly maybe how much money do I need for retirement? What would you say to someone like that? And how can somebody even go about figuring that out? Yeah. Um, well, I think you need to think about what your expenses are today because that's really what you can go off of. Uh, so think about what you're making today. And if that's what you think you'll need to live off of in retirement, give or take, uh, then just do the simple math and multiply that by about 20. And that's kind of your number that you need um, to start with. And the reason I say that is because um, what you need, as far as a textbook saying, is about 3 to 6% a year. I'm sorry. That's what you can draw off of your uh, your investments without ever touching your principal. So if I can pull out three to six percent a year and never touch what I started with and then be able to give some of that money to my, my kids or grandkids or the charities, um, then a safe number, kind of a middle number there is five. So five percent is what I can pull out annually. Um, then you just do times 20, right? 20 times five is a hundred. So, yeah. um, I'll tell you what I, what I make this year, multiply that by 20 and that's what I kind of need now. If you have Social Security, you have other savings, maybe a pension, uh, that may change. But generally, without all those other things considered, um, if you're pulling out about 5% a year, just multiply whatever you need by 20, and that's kind of your your, your target number. Gotcha. And for, us, of course, and for us youngins and millennials, pensions and Social Security, that's really a non-existent thing. So we got to really factor that in, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you never know. Um, I've heard, I've heard for a long time that Social Security may go away. Um, who knows? Pensions may not be funded. But um, the main thing is, is take ownership of your own finances, put the money away. And if you do have Social Security and you have these things at the end, that's icing on the cake. Um, and if you're young, too, maybe you don't have kids, you don't have certain expenses yet. Uh, I mean, although you're not going to have kids when you're older, just 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 go ahead and add some some uh, so add a little bit to whatever you're making right now and multiply that by 20. Um, if, if you're if you're just starting out, if you're 18, if you're 20, um, you know, it's going to be hard to really estimate what you're going to need when you get older. So just maximize, put away as much as you can. And, um, you know, that's the real focus, just saving the most you can. Um, but if you're making a little bit, then go ahead and multiply that by 20. There's your number. Work on that. And maybe as you get older, you'll keep making more money. And then, um, you know, maybe that, that number will look a little prettier. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, too, this this number is formulated right yet on retiring at 59 and a half, right? Like, well, it's, by 20? you know, honestly, it's, it's to retire any time. Yeah. The reason why is if I want to retire today, I can pull out three to six percent of my portfolio for the rest of my life and still die with what I started with today. And their thought behind that is because if I'm pulling out, well, if I'm making eight percent a year, I can pull out three to six. Right. And the reason you don't want to go over that is because you don't want to cut it close and you don't know what the market's going to do next year in the short run. So in a year, the market takes a big dip. I don't have as much in that account to pull off of. Now the market will recover over time. So we'll be okay. But I don't know that I can consistently pull out 6% if the market just took a huge hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now on the flip side of that, if I'm only pulling out 3% a year and the market goes up and up and up, maybe I can lean more towards that 6% towards the end of retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, but a safe number is 4 or 5%. And hopefully you're making 8% or more. And if that's the case, you're never going to touch your principal and you can retire whenever you get to that target number. Love it, man. Yeah, no, you get a, you get a principal in there and you get to live off compound interest. What a dream. There it yeah, is. Yeah. Now, if you can tell me when you're the day you're going to die, we'll do the math and figure out how to spend every penny right before you die. We can go over that 6%. But unless you know that, it's kind of hard to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, we'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. yeah no, let me know. <laughs> I wish we knew that, huh? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this has been, this has been awesome, dude. You've really given us like, I, I can't even say and like, I couldn't thank you enough for getting on today and really kind of like dishing it out. But I really, thanks for having me. No, yeah, thank you. I just really want to ask you like, if you could just put it into maybe like a short statement or like just a short thought of like for young people today, like what, what's the most important thing to really like think of? when it comes to our personal finance um, long-term and even, you know, planning five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, like where, where we want to be. If you're not saving and putting money um, somewhere that gets compounding interest, then I promise you, you're working harder than you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just show with the math that the compound interest will make money for you. So yeah. if you're not putting that money away somewhere that will make money for you, you're working too hard. Um, so put money away, put it away consistently, set it and forget it. Don't pay too much in taxes. Don't pay money in taxes when you don't need to. So that means making sure you're putting money in these retirement accounts. Um, take advantage of the matching. Use your 401ks. If you have them, ask questions. Reach out to a financial uh, professional and ask questions if you need to. You're, you're welcome to give me a call. 
uh, anytime, talk to these guys, you know, friends, um, you know, they're enthusiasts like these guys can help you out. But um, just keep saving. And uh, I think that's really it. Diversify. Is that more than a few? Yeah, you killed it. God, he killed that. That's that's more than enough, huh? Seriously. That's a a good starting point for all of us, I think, which is, that's that's amazing. And um, Oh, a big, big one. I'm sorry, one more, guys, not to cut you off. Emergency fund. Make sure you put that money in that emergency fund. Yeah. Um, Jordan and uh, Ivan talked about that, I think, on episode two or three. Yeah. Listen to both, because they're both good. <laughs> Seriously, it sounds, it sounds like just, just saying, Ivan, he's just feed your system, you know, feed your system. Oh, yeah, feed the system. Uh, that's what I think it's really about is feeding the system. I mean, feeding the system. We, Love yeah, it. Yeah, we should probably rename the show to that. No, I'm just <laughs> but, uh, So I think it would just be really good to go over um, just a couple points, um, like, you know, just some quick questions. Basically, you know, just describing us, some of your background, like some of the things you think about and like, number one, like what we want to really ask is, you know, what, what is your biggest money mistake in your lifetime? If you could think of it, like kind of asking about that a little bit. I know it might be tough to think of because me personally, yeah, my big, <laughs> you, yeah, you personally, like kind of helping some of us young people like steer away from making those mistakes. I've know? never made any money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, 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 my biggest money mistake. Um, that's tough. I don't know. I've made I've made several. Um, yeah. I guess not starting early enough. Um, that's good. Not doing enough research um, on what type of accounts that I should be putting my money in. So meaning I'm paying too much. Um, and selling stocks that I shouldn't have sold. Selling funds I shouldn't have sold. I mean. Um, but that's that's tough. I mean, those are one of the things that just kind of keep feeding the system and leave it, set it and forget it. I didn't do that sometimes, but mm-hmm. that's the main thing. I mean, we're all young, right, in this group here. So there's if you know you if you've made some money mistakes at this age, you're probably just making some money lessons. It's mm-hmm. probably not really that big of an issue. Right. Um, you know, you got a long time here, so. That's how I think. I mean, shoot, I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes, but really, like you said, because we're so young, it's more of a lesson. Yeah. Not so much of a mistake. I think that's just a good life yeah. kind of thought is just look at a lot of these mistakes as lessons and you'll be better. That's good. Love it. Love it. And then I think too, like people get a little bit enamored on like being rich, right? Like being wealthy right. and not necessarily obtaining materialistic things, but you know, the world we live in, it is what it is. It's easy to get caught up in the rat race. So to you, what does living a rich life mean to you? Um, To me personally, that means freedom to be able to do what I want to do, go where I want to go, eat what I want to eat, enjoy, you know, things with my wife, future kids, dogs, um, parents, whoever, but just kind of pure freedom. When you can uh, make a decision and not worry about what the monetary side of it is as much, then I think you're, you're really rich. Um, also just being happy. Um, one kind of example, I know a lot of people who make a lot of money, but they have a lot of debt, big house, new cars, a couple houses. Um, maybe they put things on credit cards. They travel, you know, more than they maybe should. And, you know, that what that'll bring later on is, is, is stress and not freedom. You have to continuously work. And if something goes wrong, let's say you maybe become disabled, you don't have the right insurance. Uh, life could change abruptly. Um, I also know some people who have quite a bit of money, 
a lot of money. Some of the people that uh, I work with, some people that we we manage for, and you know, they may they have a house paid off, small one story house, old cars, but they're free, and they don't have to worry about money at all. And I think that's being rich. They're going to hand money down to their kids, to those kids' kids, yeah. put money in trust. Um, they don't have to worry about a lot from from that side of things. So yeah. that's my thought. And then you can get into all the spiritual stuff. But, um, you know, I think that's everybody. That's different for everybody and what you believe in. But yeah. from, a, from, a, from a financial standpoint for this podcast, it's money is freedom. Killed it. Killed it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. That's, Couldn't agree more. And I, I think that's great, too. I mean, that's that's how I like to look at it, too. Um, but, like, where are you getting all this info from? Like, how do you suggest some of us young individuals or millennials um, to, like, how do you suggest that we stay in touch with, personal finance concepts like books or blogs or how, how do you stay in touch with that? Um, I just like using Google, Yahoo Finance, yeah. start looking up a few things. You'll get some, um, you, you'll get some, um, what's it, what does Google do? Some recommendations on yeah. what you should look at. Yeah. Um, there's also Investopedias out there and you can just kind of look at different topics and go from there. Yeah. Um, but if you go to Amazon, you can always look at like what top sellers are, what best sellers and find something that looks good for you. I like podcasts. Type in a topic, retirement, mutual funds, index funds, stocks, uh, Roth IRAs, things like that are concepts like not paying too much in taxes. Look, look those things up on your podcasts mm-hmm. um, or on YouTube videos. And, you know, I don't, it depends on kind of how you learn. Some people are visual, some are audible. Um, yeah. Some like to read, whatever you like to do. Just make sure you're doing it. And it doesn't take long. I mean, 30 minutes a week to like read something and just pay attention to your accounts. I've heard you guys say that. Spend a few minutes with your money every day. Yeah. yeah. And when you do that and you get curious, start looking at things, it just starts to kind of grow and it'll turn into something else. And next thing you know, you'll, you'll be, you know, an expert. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just educate and, 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 and don't resources. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be worried. Uh, I, I, I would try to work with somebody as soon as you can. Some people are worried about uh, finding an advisor because they say, Oh, well, I find someone and they tell me that their minimums are too high and I can't work with them. Mm-hmm. There's so many people in our profession now uh, that, and they do things different ways. You may be able to find somebody who's, who wants to work with young people or you can pay hourly instead of managing you know, your money, maybe you can pay a financial planning fee. But I would try to at least spend one hour with a financial professional sometime in the next year. And, and you know, screw that, make it in the next month. If you say next year, you'll never do it. So in the next month, spend some time with one. And most, like myself, we'll spend some time with you before we ever charge you just to get to know you. Just ask some questions and, and it can't hurt. I promise it'll help. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And that actually, it's funny, Jeff, that you said that because that leads me into, you know, our my next question is, uh, how can we get a hold of you? If someone, if one of our listeners, you know, has a question for us, but really it's for you, like how can someone, you know, get a hold of you or reach out to you directly? Or Yeah, however? go to our website, uh, www.griffingroup.com. Uh, my company is Griffin Financial Group. So, griffingroup.com and group is abbreviated to GRP. So go there, you can click on um, let's talk and, and, and you can talk with one of us. Uh, you can give us a call 512-328-9801. Reach out to these guys. Um, shoot me an email. My email is jetjet at griffingroup.com um, and I'm on social media. Yeah, catch them on Instagram. What's the Instagram tag again? 
Oh, me on the spot. Oh, he doesn't even know his handle. There's, uh, there's, not, there's no. not many Jet Carters. I'm I'm, I'm private on it. I'll have you back. I put him on the spot. Oh, no. Yeah, You'll no, find Carter. me. Yeah, Jet W. Carter. There we go. Jet W. Carter. Jet W. Carter. Carter, you can get him there. Love it. Love it. Um, just some action items for you guys this week as we wrap up. Um, just, just like we said, I mean, you can sit down. Um, you need to really take a seat. Think about, you know, where some of your long-term investment goals, um, think of what they are and think of where you want to be. You know, think of what you want your network to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Just try to, you know, be creative, be, you know, build that imagination a little bit because it's all doable, especially if we got the hustle, right? And like Jet said and elaborated on, branch out reach out to a financial professional or, you know, hit us up and we'll get you guys in touch with an expert. I mean, for me, I'm lucky because Jet's my cousin and pretty much all my info is free, um, which is awesome. But I need to start charging you. Yeah, I know. I'd probably, I'd probably, I owe you probably five plus thousand by now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, just take advantage of, you know, who's in your network and the information that you're taking in and, you know, just reach out and connect with others. Cause I think really that's what this is all about. It's about connecting with others and gaining knowledge and being able to, you know, come across mentors or whatever you need to do to be able to, you know, maximize every dollar and grow your wealth. So, hey, that's so true. Yeah. You know, connect with people who are doing this. You're, you're going to be your circle. So if other people that you, that you know are talking about this and are doing these things, it's easier for you to do those things and keep up with them. Um, you will be who you hang out with so absolutely oh i love that last point you make i think too one action item i've been this week that you know i would love for our audience to do is start playing with those compound interest calculators right um take take a look at that middle kind of that middle land of what we talked about for what you should be paying yourself first uh compound that in the calculator at eight percent over 20 years and take a take a picture of that final number because it's going to be real nice that's really pretty it's going to be looking very, very yeah. good. So if that doesn't wake you up, nothing will. Seriously, seriously. If you look at that number, <laughs> Dude, that, I know, up, right? then it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. I mean, hey, it was uh, it was awesome. It was a good time. Thanks, Jeff, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks, yeah. thanks for having us on, dude. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. Like we always say, stay positive. Stay healthy. Go get that money. Let's, Let's fucking go. go. Let's fucking go. LFG.